If only life had a remote control, you could pause or rewind. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. Take the one-minute risk test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Welcome to Money Beats. Look at the week ahead. I am Paul Vigna. I'm Stephen Grosser. And uh, look, last week was a, a big week for data, big week for news, a lot going on. What will the next week bring? Will it be as spectacular? We can only hope. Uh, joining us from Washington, D.C., Josh Zumbrum, Wall Street Journal economics reporter. Josh, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. And also joining us, Lev Borovdovsky, who writes the Daily Shot newsletter and column for the Wall Street Journal. Lev, how you doing? Good. How's everything? Uh, I think everything. I think everything's okay, Grosser, right? I think so. Yeah. I think we're doing all right. Hey, the Dow's still at records. You know. The Dow is still at record highs. Because uh, that know, means a lot. The economy's growing. Everything's moving forward, it seems to be. Josh, are we going to keep moving forward? I mean, based off the jobs report from Friday, uh, it looks like there's there's still some momentum in this economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I know. I'm, I'm, yeah, 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 so like, so, so, so you, you basically right just you, you missed this, Josh, because we were talking before Josh got into the studio, into a, a bit of a down field. into Washington, and and essentially, Paul was uh, you know dismissing Friday's jobs report. Um, it was okay. As, as, it was okay. And everyone's sort of take on it. It was okay. It was average. Whatever. But you're right. I mean, look, at the very least, it shows that the economy is creating jobs and it is, uh, you know, basically where it's been all year. That's the best I could say for it. <laughs> Papa Bear does not want to, you know, see the bright side. Uh, I, listen, we don't have to rehash the whole jobs report. This is the look, this is the look at the week ahead, <laughs> not the week behind. Uh, why don't we just, Josh, what is coming up in the week ahead? <laughs> Two big economic indicators coming up in the week ahead for the U.S. The the one we're going to get um, on Friday of next week of this coming week is going to be the consumer price index report, and obviously mm-hmm. that's so important right now because the Fed is watching it so closely. Uh, you know, the Fed um, has kind of been surprised that inflation got a little bit soft the last few months, and mm-hmm. they want to see it perk back up so they feel comfortable with. The stuff they're doing with their balance sheet and the stuff they're doing in terms of raising interest rates, and they've just had these kind of soft inflation numbers below their target that are making them a little antsy. So that's going to be um, a really important one to, to see whether or not the Fed can stay on this interest rate path that it's on right now. Do you think that they'll get what they want? I mean, what are the expectations for the report? Well, so the the Fed's big theory right now is that the reason the inflation numbers are a little bit soft right now is because um, kind of some quirky stuff has happened with prescription drug prices and that we shouldn't expect that to continue. And that like the price war that we see all the time on TV about, uh, you know, I switched to Sprint. I'm no longer with Verizon because it's just as good and I can uh, and I can get a cheaper plan that that's actually having an effect on the inflation numbers that the mobile phone prices are coming down so much that it's kind of dragging down the overall inflation numbers. And so the Fed's theory on that is that because it's these two kind of one-off things. We shouldn't expect it to continue. We shouldn't really think of it as being soft inflation. We should think of it as just having this kind of temporary quirk. Um, and so, you know, that's the, that's the big question is whether or not that, that theory is correct. Let me let me ask you, Josh, can you talk a little bit about the change in language you saw in the statement regarding inflation, the July statement? Because the market 
clearly took that as a dovish signal. Is did the market inter over? You know, I guess did the market interpret that correctly? Um, well, I think the Fed was probably always you know, so the signal was basically the Fed saying that if we don't get the inflation numbers that are in our forecast that will eventually kind of slow the number of interest rate increases we're going to do. I mean, that was basically the takeaway that like if there's soft inflation, the Fed won't raise rates as quickly. I think that was always true and and kind of the market had lost sight of it and they thought the Fed was just going to kind of blindly press on with interest rate increases no matter what. But that's, I mean, that's never really how the Fed operates. You know, at some point the data pushes them off course and the Fed was really just, I think, acknowledging the fact that, you know, we could be pushed off right. course by the data here. So, I mean, I think the, I think the market kind of uh, has come around to the right message, which is that the if the inflation numbers are weak enough, then the Fed is going to slow things down at some point. Lev, how much is the market sort of focused on inflation and what that means to the Fed right now? I think quite a bit. We're, we're, um, if you look at the probability of another rate hike this year, it's it's still below 40%. Even, even after uh, this jobs report, it's still below 40%. So there's a lot of uncertainty about whether, uh, you know, everybody's, everybody knows that the balance sheet reduction will begin probably in September, or at least it will be announced. Uh, but as far as that next hike, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty around that. And, and that will... Uh, that inflation number will will move that probability of of the rate hike, which will uh, impact uh, all the different markets out there. I'll throw this to both of you. I mean, we've sort of seen you know stagnant or you know lackluster inflation for a couple months now. Um, are there any signs that that could change and improve, and we could get more of a pickup in inflation soon? Well. You know, there, there's always what's going on with oil prices, but the Fed kind of always ignores oil prices. So I wouldn't look there. It's so so the things that you really care about in in terms of the num. You know, the Fed cares about the core inflation. They care about the stuff that's not the food prices, that's not the oil prices. And so in order for that to move, you'd kind of you'd have to see big moves in you know rents or uh, big moves in. Um, um, consumer goods or big moves in kind of healthcare stuff. And I don't think there's any reason to believe that. Uh, I mean, there's not like evidence that that's happening and that the inflation figures haven't just picked it up yet. But it's something that certainly could happen over the course of the next year. And that, you know, the, that would be then give the, that would then give the Fed the confidence they need to, to go ahead with that rate increase toward the end of the year. So one thing that I'd like to throw into this is is the dollar. So the dollar's been uh, until today, uh, the dollar's been just basically drifting lower, and the dollar weakness is starting to show up, I believe, in uh, import prices. So uh, the import index is expected to continue rising. Uh, so so we could get some consumer type product inflation coming through. Uh, imports. The U.S. imports a lot of stuff, uh, and the weak dollar could stabilize inflation in the next few months. That would be interesting. Should we uh, talk about China for a minute here? Before, yeah, before we take a break here, because the, the China trade data, especially, is interesting. Given Friday we had U.S. trade data. Yeah, and I mean, 
whenever we talk about like how well the stock market has been doing, we often think about that in terms of the the U.S. election context. You know, certainly the market went on this big rally right around the time of the election. But but you know, whenever I talk to economists about this, one of the things that they always say that, that you know they're, they're always kind of like frustrated that it gets missed in so much of our economics coverage. The fact that the rest of the world is is really doing quite a bit better. Uh, than it was a, a year or two ago, and mm-hmm. that that's you know something that's really helping uh, what's happening in the stock market right now. And the China trade figures really are going to speak to that pretty directly. I mean, the economists are expecting these to be pretty strong figures, a little bit over 10% uh, growth in exports, a little bit of percent, a little bit over 16% growth in in Chinese imports. I mean, those are numbers that are. Um, um, pretty consistent with those are numbers that are consistent with a pretty robust global economy and uh, you know to the extent that global economy has has been supporting the the US stock market it's it's pretty important for the US too what those how those figures come out and you're seeing yeah, just that, to oh, add to that, that. Uh, one of the things that I'm seeing in China is um, the the uh, property markets are holding up pretty well. Uh, the demand is quite strong. People were expecting a real correction. It hasn't happened, and you can see that in in uh, things like um, steel prices or iron ore prices. So in Australia, they make a big deal out of this because it's a major export for them. But you know, iron iron ore has, has really jumped up in the last sort of few weeks, and that's an indication that uh, China is importing more. And uh, the, the you know there is growth there, quite a bit of growth actually. One, I think you know, jumping off of Josh's point too, and speaking to the strength of the global economy. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about the U.S. sort of still being lackluster this year, and we haven't really seen it pick up as much as people I think were hoping for. The global economy, you see that actually in the earnings of companies, and you're seeing that in the second quarter. The you know small caps are supposed to get the big. You know, Trump, America first policy boost. But as that hasn't really materialized, it is the companies that's, you know, generate a lot of their revenue from overseas that are, you know, getting a really big boost in the stock market. And that's why the S&P 500 is outperforming, um, you know, the small caps. I think you're jumping into our next segment already, Gross. I am. I think you are. We are looking at the week ahead. You are listening to Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. If only life had a remote control, you could pause or rewind. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. Take the one-minute risk test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Follow the Wall Street Journal on your favorite podcast app. Search WSJ on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and any Amazon Alexa device. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. Welcome back to Money Beats. Look at the week ahead. Paul and Steve here in the studio, joined by Lev Borodovsky of The Daily Shot, Wall Street Journal's own, and Josh Zumber, Wall Street Journal economics reporter. And and we started pivoting a little bit there in that last segment towards earnings. And, and I think it's, it's worth talking about earnings and where the economy is going in the second half. I and mean, we're still kind of you know, we're, we're going to start getting into the, the, the proverbial dog days here in August. And I think it's a good thing to kind of help you guys out there is to keep your focus. Keep your focus. It's August. You want to go to the beach. You want to hang out. You want to take a 17-day vacation like everybody else does. But the markets are not going to go away. No. 
they're not. And uh, and and earnings season though is almost it's winding down. Next week is is, is sort of kind of the last big week of it. We have eighty seven percent of the S and P five hundred is reported. And we're uh, the earnings growth is at ten point one percent, which is the second quarter in a row that we've had uh, double digit growth in earnings, which we haven't seen in a while. I think it was maybe two thousand eleven was the last time we yeah. saw that. So that looks good, and yeah, it's 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 winding down. But you still have some big names out there next week. A lot of media companies, some big retailers, a uh, little company maybe you've heard of uh, Stephen Grosser called News Corp. Yes, I do. I think their earnings are going to look spectacular. I think their podcast growth is going to be off the charts. I expect to hear a lot about that on the conference call about podcast growth. Wow, nobody, no, no one on that joke. No one's with me on that joke. Keep going. Keep oh my going. god, total crickets! Come on, <laughs> we're we're all scared to comment on this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, retailers oh. <laughs> also, I mean, Kohl's, Macy's, uh, J.C. Penney are the big ones. Yep. And again, I feel like retail, old line retailers like that are at the point where their numbers say less about the overall economy than they used to, and they say a lot about how just those companies are doing. Let's face it; though, <laughs> those are a lot. Of, there's still a lot of jobs. I mean, they're absolutely they're without a doubt. You know, there are a lot of jobs being you know lost in retail. Right. But they still employ a lot of people. I mean, that's like a big one of the big points as people go move to online shopping. Mm-hmm. But it's what we saw last back. You know, in the first after, in, when the companies were reporting in the first quarter was, you know, they missed. Like their stocks got hammered. I mean, they were they were showing. You know, their results were rough, and Macy's. You know, um, had one of its biggest slides on on record right. that uh, last quarter, and, and so it will be interesting. And also, it comes with you know, and Amazon is the just sitting over them. Well, completely. right, and to the extent that it does talk about the state of the consumer, Lev, um, you know, let's talk about earnings growth and what we did see in that Friday's job in that Friday jobs report, and and what we could see in you know moving forward here. It. Clearly, the the labor markets are very strong and and expected to continue to be strong. Um, you know, talk anecdotally, you talk to people in retail. A lot of them have shifted. They found other work uh, and found it pretty quickly. Uh, whether it's a kind of a mid level or managerial level, they found work quickly. What is lacking, though, is is strong wage growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, wage growth remains at about two and a half percent a year. In fact, for non-supervisory workers, it's less than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nothing about this jobs report that changed that picture. Right. I mean, I mean, Josh, what do you think of that too? I mean, you get, you look at this very closely. What do you, what do you make of the, the earnings trends, the wage trends? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing I'd add about it is just that, um, I, I, I'm not as worried about what's going on right now, but I'm very worried about what's going to happen to this sector in the next recession. I mean, think mm. about manufacturing, where you had an industry that was kind of in a it was in a secular decline. Like even in periods of economic expansion, you were losing some manufacturing jobs because of technology and globalization, and whatever. Like you had those forces, and right now, brick and mortar retails, you know, they have right. some forces pushing against them, even in the expansion. And so when it's happening during an expansion. And you say, well, you know, people are getting their jobs really quickly. But then you think about what happened to manufacturing when that recession hit. I mean, in the 2000 recession, in the 2007, 
recession. Both times, you know, in a matter of months, uh, the industry wiped out two million jobs and they never really came back. And, you know, the thing I worry about with brick and mortar retailers is, you know, I don't worry about as much about what's happening right now, the people getting out of the sector right now because the economy. But man, when we get a when we get a rough patch, it could be, I think, really messy in in that industry because a lot of the Mm -hmm. uh, businesses in it, they're struggling now in a good time. And and when the when the the bottom falls out of the economy, which you just you have to think it's going to happen someday, I think it could cause these companies to really dramatically really quickly uh, reevaluate their plans and get get really nasty in the next recession. I I think that's That's a great point because, I mean, they're already they're trying to do the difficult thing of with a, you know, a reasonably steady economy of restructuring themselves. If they they, we had a rough patch, that's going to be bad. And I mean, just for an example, I mean, Macy's last quarter, they their stock plunged 15 percent. Same store sales. Uh, after you, their earnings report. Yeah, after yeah. their earnings report. Same store sales fell 5%. Um, overall sales were down 7%. But, um, and, they, and they dragged down everyone else in the uh, sector that day. Dillard was down 13%. Kohl's, seven, uh, you know, 6%. Nordstrom, 7%. So, I mean, the, you know, the, it was last quarter was the you know, reporting period was ugly for, um, you know, for the retailers. And it'll be interesting to see. They've continued, you know, if they're going to get hit again this you know, quarter, if they disappoint. Right. You know, another one to keep an eye on next week is Snap. Yes. Snap. Okay, who who here uses Snapchat? I I mean, I don't use it regularly. I use it somewhat. You do? You yeah. do? Josh? No, I, I guess I'm too, I mean, I'm not that old, but I'm too old for Snapchat. <laughs> Lev? Not really. It's okay. Me neither. Uh, but they do report on Thursday, and it will be interesting – because this is a stock that's been under a lot of pressure. Uh, on on Friday, you had reports that Google is building a Snapchat-like product on their own, and, and you see this in a lot of these these tech companies, especially social media. You know, somebody comes up with something that looks really neat and interesting. Snapchat. Uh, I don't think it looks neat and interesting, but other people apparently do. And then one of the big guys comes along and just builds their own version of it and wipes them out. So Snap is is going to be an interesting one. Just a, a stock that was a darling and that is now under a lot of pressure. So keep an eye and on they, that. And they already faced. I mean, like grabbing, you know, Facebook and Google dominate so much of the online well, exactly. advertising revenue. Trying to grab parts of that from them, even if Google and it was going to be difficult right. enough. Um, right. This, this, and this was the problem that you know I think a lot of investors you know knew and were concerned about going into this IPO. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else, gentlemen, to add? It's going to be an exciting week. That's that's a spirit. That's, check that's check what the wsj.com you know, every day. It's going to be an exciting week. Right, yeah. which you can do from the beach since you've all got your smartphones out there. And I think they're, most of them are like waterproof now, too. So, I mean, no excuse to not be watching wsj.com and, and listening to podcasts, of course, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Josh, Lev, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. And everyone, as always, thank you for listening. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. For more insights, enable the Wall Street Journal skill on any device with Amazon Alexa. Get all of our podcasts, as well as the latest news and market updates. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously.